You're listening to Mind and Matter, a mindfulness podcast from Cascadia Behavioral Healthcare. Join us twice a month for new episodes covering all things mindfulness and mental health. Together, we'll create connection, conversation, and community. For more information and resources, visit us online at www.cascadiabhc.org. Enjoy the episode! Throughout the month of May, Cascadia hosts HEART, an event series illuminating the intersection of mental health, women, and art. We want to feature some of the amazing performances featured in this year's HEART events. In this episode of Mind and Matter, listen to the poetry performances delivered at our Slam Poetry and Spoken Word event on May 12th. First up is Jamie Trimble with her poems, In the Know and I Write. I get this uncanniness about my insides when I don't know. They say you don't know what you don't know, but I want to know. I can't detail how my feelings start to trip over each other as I climb up the wall inside myself. Some say what you don't know won't hurt you. My history is predicated on me not knowing. I have to know. When you don't know how, You don't know how you know, you just know, never knowing you knew before today. Never really paying attention to what they say, but trying to make it through this life with my sanity intact. My skin is black, never really fully aware of all there is to unpack. Man, this is whack. Nonetheless, we roll on, gotta get our stroll on to the beat with our feet, because not knowing takes a death tolling on you. You have not because you ask not, says the Lord. I am reminded that I have not been placed here without help. I can do it. I will do it. I know where to go and I know what to do. Today I have access and true privilege. I can use it. Today I must know. Knowledge is power and I want all of mine. What you don't know can kill you. I will not give away that which was sacrificed for me to have. Walk with me, O Lord, talk with me. I want to know. As I sit here, I write. Thinking about who, why, what, when, where, and how, I write trying to subside my anger from the frustrations and resentments inside of me. I write, thinking about how I got here and why I write, learning to love in a new way makes me write. I think about being ushered into love, into affection, into all these good, joyous feelings that I'm not familiar with without being able to write. I mean, literally at a standstill in my life, pondering my fate, I didn't write. Depressed, defeated, demoralized, dehumanized, downtrodden, and just demeaned by life. I stand still. I stand so still My body starts to ache at my joints. My ankles burn. 
my calves twinge, my feet throb, my head migraines, all while my heart flutters and my sweat glands cry out. I want to die, die just to be able to put a period at the end, die to put the big looming question mark and her big brother uncertainty to rest, die to end the chase of me racing after sanity as if it were God. To live and lose things and people you hold dear is so hard to handle, so I write. I want to understand, so I inquire and I read and I write. I feel demonized by the very systems and people I hold near and dear to my heart. I got a right because I ain't being heard and I've been looked over for so long. I don't even see myself. I just got to write this. I got to get it out of me. It's poisoning my insides and programming me to die a slow and emotionally and physically excruciatingly painful death. I'm writing to preserve my creative spirits as they excitedly thrive inside each of my writing fingers. I write to see a vision, wait, I see a vision in the distance, one of happy and prosperous times. To fulfill this prophecy, I write. I must speak into myself what I need for myself, separate from the family. I'm trying to write. I need to be able to defend myself in a way that has love for others higher than for myself and open-mindedness. I'm writing to pull out the negative and make it positive. I'm writing. I want my family to understand my moral character and not question it. They need to write. I need my community to understand the entirety of my role as a black woman, a mother and a protector and to respect it. They all need to write. I want the enemy to be exposed for who he or she is and accountability to be had, even if it's on my part. I write to release the anguish inside that is tormented by being wrongly accused. People see my reaction, but they don't understand my story. They don't understand the back story, yet they judge and punish severely. Writing frees me. No one can hold me back when I'm writing. I write to tell a story that's not being told. I write so I can thrive and not fold. I write. Next up are several poems by Kathy June Briere, performed by both the artist and several Cascadia employees. The poems are titled Phoenix on the Rise, I'm Sorry, a real love, illusions, back in the day, can you, emo goddess supreme, and I can't make you love me. Oh, you poor thing, you lost your power over me. You showed your hand, you have nowhere to stand. I am not a simple person who still believes in your lies. I am a phoenix on the rise. You tried to school me, teach me how to play your game, but darling, Open your eyes and learn to recognize I don't need your lessons because on this day, I wrote the book. 
You left me broken, bleeding and bruised, burning with the newfound rage. That's okay though, because after I shake off these old and tired ashes, I will rise up, stretch my wings to the heavens, and feed your bones to the masses. Because in case you have forgotten, I am a phoenix on the rise. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for loving you when my love is more than you need. I'm sorry for crying when my tears don't solve anything. I'm sorry for feeling like you were more than just a dream. I'm sorry for believing in your love that is true. I'm sorry I thought I made anything to you. A real love. Little girl always crying, tossed aside like no one sees. All she needs is real love. Little boy falls from heaven, hits the ground running, and he can't see. All he needs is real love. Toxic love is all we know. Raised us up and helped us grow. Now we're lost and we can't see. All we need is real love. Drugs and alcohol to ease the pain. Nobody around even knows your name. Dazed and tired, you begin to see. All we need is real love. Your heart is broken and your soul feels crushed. You are not alone. Hold your head up high, turn around and see. All you need is real love. I was only in love with the illusion of you what my heart believed you alluded to. Now that the scales are finally cleared from my eyes, I see you behind the lies. You were never who I needed you to be. You were never the person who was meant for me. I played with fire and admit I got burned. I will survive and acknowledge that the scars are well earned. This battle is over and the lesson finally learned. When I was young and had no idea what life was about, honeysuckle grew wild in our backyard. And the smell of honeysuckle still pulls me back to a simpler time when families gathered for Sunday suppers. Music serenaded in the background and children laughed and played and were not afraid. And couples danced and swayed and didn't care who saw the passion in their eyes as they clung to each other in a sweet embrace. Can you plant something? Can you sow something? Can you harvest after you grow something? Can you see something? Can you hear something? Can you feel it to your core when you know something? Can you hope something? Can you dream something? Can you change your entire life when you finish something? Can you love something? Can you need something? Can you bring a person to their knees when you leave something? Can you hear the babies cry? Can you hear the angels sigh? Can you open the gates of hell? Can you whisper in God's ears? Can you stand up and face your fears? Can you do it all alone or can you help me find my way home? I am not an emo queen. Honey, I am the emo goddess supreme. I will absolutely bleed all kinds of feelings over every single one of your dreams. You think you can comprehend the drama I invoke and seconds later you are caught up in the smoke and mirrors, delusions and lies. Oh, I am not always so crazy and extreme. Treat me right and show me how much you care, and I will still be more than you need.
I know I can be toxic and scary, but I can also guarantee that life with me will never be boring. I can't make you love me. I can't show you what I'm worth. I can't open your eyes, make you realize how much your difference hurts. I can't just follow these emotions. I cannot shrink this heart of mine. I can't make you love me if love me is not on your mind. Next up is an excerpt from the book Mudflower by Megan Cahay, read by the author. Suddenly, I was awake. One of the royal women in white appeared. Lucky you, Missy. Now you get to see the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist, she said, emphasizing this in a way that I knew it must be important. The way she said it made me feel a rush of dread. I had heard of psychiatrists before but I knew nothing about what they did, except maybe they were some kind of doctor. A shrink, I thought they were called. Maybe, uh, I think I saw one in a movie once. I couldn't remember. Was it like Sigmund Freud? I was escorted down a long hall to the psychiatrist's office. I entered and heard the door squeak and then emphatically click behind me. It was a small office filled up with a massive desk, tall shelves piled with books, and on the walls were myriad impressive framed diplomas and certificates. And then there he was, the psychiatrist. He motioned for me to sit, and then I was able to get a full look at him. He was a big man, a little hunched over, and he looked ancient. His wild, single tuft of hair was yellowy-white. He had substantial, bushy, white eyebrows and, most remarkably, profuse, untrimmed hair wiggled its way out his nose and ears. His eyes were watery blue and bloodshot. All I could do was stare at him and his prodigious nose hair. We regarded each other, not speaking. Then he leaned towards me across his big desk and pointed his crooked, old, decrepit, yellow finger at me. In a deep, accusatory voice, he intoned, You have schizophrenia. I just sat there, stunned. I had no idea what schizophrenia was, but I was sure that he had just given me a death sentence. It crossed my mind that anyone with that much nose hair couldn't possibly know what they were talking about. But the power of his pronouncement was inescapable. I was doomed. Next up are several poems by Melissa Howells, titled, A Girl is More Than a Beautiful Box. I long for stars, and it's hard to be uncool. These poems are all read by Cascadia employees. A girl is more than a beautiful box. Some girls wear halos, some girls wear spikes, not on their feet, but in their hearts. High perched on my head is a lighthouse, beam of yellow circulating around me, an eye of detection and protection. I won't be, can't be the beautiful box, 
can be the drooping flower looking for water. It's simply undoable, unsustainable. Where and who is the water to quench my thirst? Who will give it to me if I'm no longer beautiful? Where is the vase that would support me? What if that vase cracks, breaks apart? My goal is to rise, stand up on my own resilience. Where are the words not laced with approval, disapproval? Sometimes the speakers leave and, and make their little fast breaks, leaving an inconstant. A girl can't be a beautiful box. I won't be one. I must be singularly solidified and sound, able to stand in the wind, able to resist and ignore the usual misnomers and labels. I've been who I am and stepped lightly and tiptoed, but with steel toes, barely leaving an imprint. My instep only traceable the way a lightning bug leaves a brief trail in the dark. I don't need a box, no words. I know who I am, beneath and even deeper. Let my rose wilt and my yellow dandelion rise, sending out many golden blooms from my shoots. Let me create new words in a world in which I spirit near and wide. Golden hair and glow in my spike and harbinger of my many. Springs a snowing of seeds in the breeze, landing on fertile ground. In this way, scatter my halo, my spikes all over and round so that I may find joy in myself, my recreation. I long for stars, hearing the rustle of far off trains, brisk night breezes, the opening of doors to familiar faces, uncomplicated circumstances, and then a night of endless, uninterrupted sleep and waking up feeling sated with dreams. I can remember to live. I long for stars and the thought of not worrying about what remains. How I could take that whistling train to somewhere and not to be afraid. The comforting change of seasons, the anticipation of what more might happen, the adventure in near and distant places, the uncomplicated circumstances of night spent dancing and talking with my dearest friends, leaving like I'm dreaming. So much time is still ahead an equal number of years behind and in front of me. Oh, there's still more time to dream in the present as a gift open to me. 
Oh, there is still more time to dream in the present as a gift open to me. I long for the stars, how they deliver me directly to hold. They help me focus and feel so not alone. Keep it all shrunk down to my own manageable humanity. But now I'm getting older. The stars I long for are dimmer, further away, and much harder to see how they seem more pair to eternity and to those faces who were one familiar, who've now become much dimmer. They're distant, constellation far away and gone for me, but how I have longed for a star, how I hoped to reach them, how I wanted to be one of them, how I long for stars. Organically forever shy, with tangled hair, that's me, oh my. Sitting in a chair that doesn't fit, I tried to talk, but could only spit. My friends, they would call me cousin it. It's hard to be uncool in school. Very hard in school to be uncool. Tripping over scuffed brown saddle shoes, flipping coins, I'd always lose. My brothers read my diary. When the boys would flirt, I'd have to pee. It's hard to be uncool in school. Very hard in school to be uncool. My parents prayed that I would leave, but all I did was eat and heave. Sitting cross-eyed in my little room, where I contemplate my doom and gloom. But it's hard to be uncool in school. It's so hard in school to be uncool. My secret crush, he turned out gay. At prom, we didn't have much to say. We watched the pretty boys dance anyway. How could my life turn out this way? It's hard to be uncool in school. Very hard in school to be uncool. I didn't shower with the other boys or girls. Had no diamond studs or crochet pearls. I'll give you just one wild guess. You've got it, man. I was a mess. But it's hard to be uncool in school. It's hard in school to be uncool. They hoisted snug underwear over my head. When the boys said hi, wished I was dead. All the other kids would stop, gasp, and stare. See, I didn't go much of anywhere. But it's hard to be uncool in school. Very hard in school to be uncool. So if now or once you were uncool, I dedicate this all to you. Don't get angry. Don't feel blue, because I remember you, I do, when you were uncool in school too. Next up is Golems by Red O'Hare. How many golems have I molded, the clay of my fears etched with truth on their foreheads? They are clumsy and full of purpose. My pottery pain lumbers down streets best left to memory. Shall I make truth into death? Erase the integral letter, let them stand still. Will I grieve them when stripped of service? What will they become? Monuments I've left. In every city I've lived, they flanked me for so long. Earth made sentient, they have held me safe. Can I let them rest? Can they sleep knowing their purpose is done? I am stronger now. I needed them then and I do not know how to tell them it is time to sleep.
Next up, here's Funny, a survivor story, written and performed by Kelly Mays. I tried to think funny, be funny, channel my inner comedian, write funny across a page, funny. Like that time I broke my arm running from a squirrel, true story. <laughs> funny, I thought it was chasing me, funny, it really wasn't funny. I still believe the squirrel apocalypse is a thing, funny. <laughs> like that time a boy called me fat, when I told him I thought he was cute. I kept the joke going, kept his homeboys laughing, kept my waistline expanding inside the punchline, hoping they wouldn't notice it really wasn't funny. At that time, I lost my wallet. I found myself at the grocery store, carts full of baby formula. Funny, nice lady paid. Funny, I really didn't lose my wallet. Funny, I didn't have enough money to fill my car and my child's belly. Funny how life is. Keep writing, you will get to funny. Keep laughing. Laughter is the only thing that will make this poem funny. At that time, I wrote my first haiku along the wall of my college dorm. Funny, it was actually a suicide note. Funny, no one noticed. They say the ones that laugh the most laugh the least. Robin Williams, Anthony Bourdain, my cousin, me. They say laughter is the best medicine. If I keep writing, maybe I'll be cured. If I keep laughing, maybe I'll be cured after all. What do you say to God? Halfway through a poem, through a prayer, through a suicide note, through a punchline. Thanks everyone for joining today's conversation. Head over to www.cascadiabhc.org to explore more mindfulness resources. See you next time.